welcome to the Pinterest and SEO marketing. Actually, let me say it this way because I met you there. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So welcome to the We Don't Play podcast station, first and foremost. And I'm so glad I was able to connect you, with you in the Pinterest and SEO marketing club. And now mm -hmm. we're on the We Don't Play podcast. And I'm so excited to have you here, Ijoma. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. I would love people to know more about you, you know, who you are, what you do, because I know we're going to go into a lot of digital marketing tips today, but that's going to be very much based on your experience. So please let us know what you do and we can be able to take it from there. Yeah, no worries. So I am a physician. I call myself a physician scholar activist. So I'm Dr. Ijeoma Opara, Ijeoma Nodim Opara. And I emphasize the Nodim part because I have a sister girlfriend, <laughs> a sister scholar who is Dr. Ijeoma Opara, but her middle name is Onyekachi. So she's Dr. Ijeoma Onyekachi Opara. She's a PhD. I'm an MD. I'm a medical doctor. So I go by all three names, Ijeoma Nodim Opara. And then for your listeners out there who are, you know, Niger uh, and African, so, you know, uh, what's up, Niger? And for those who, don't, who are not, what's up to you too? Ijama means safe journey. Um, so a little bit of my background, I am a primary care doctor. I'm a double board certified in internal medicine and pediatrics. That means I take care of adults and children. Um, and I focus on people of African descent primarily. Those are my patients, uh, the patient population I take care of. I practice what I call liberation medicine, which means medicine that takes into consideration the historical and sociocultural context of our people and include that in the way ways that we deliver health assessments and also provide care for our people. Um, and the idea and the goal is that all that needs to be in service of optimizing health equity and ensuring that we experience justice inside of our medical and health care. So we pay respects for the ways that uh, we have been treated in the healthcare system historically and even currently. And we also work hard to reimagine and reconstruct what healthcare and medicine should look like for people of African descent. That is in the United States and all over the world. I'm based in Detroit, Michigan, and I work very closely and collab collaborate with other folks of like mind who um, again, practice liberation medicine out here in these streets. Um, and, um, the other hats I wear is that I am also, uh, again, like I said, an activist. So in order to do the work I do, I have to work within um, the, the context of community organizing, collaborate with folks that are doing work on, this, on the ground so that that informs the, my, my medical practice, right? I'm also an educator. I'm an assistant professor of internal medicine and pediatrics at the School of Medicine of Wayne State University. Um, and I'm a researcher, so I'm a scholar. So I do research and my focus is uh, really, again, looking at uh, the social determinants of health. That means those factors that impact our health, which we know impact it even more than our genetics or biomedicine. Those factors include our housing, education, whether or not we interact with the criminal justice system, our early childhood experiences, et cetera, et cetera, our income, all of those things, which are influenced by structural factors such as structural racism and white supremacy and patriarchy. And so uh, how do we, Involve, how do we understand how those dynamics work to impact our health so that we can transform them to create solutions that are sustainable and effective to improve our health and health outcomes? That's what my research is. And I focus especially on the assets, the resources, the positive pieces inside of our culture and our experience and the ways that we organize ourselves in order to leverage those things to positively impact our health. So that's like my focus in research. So that's a little bit of where, you know, my background and you know as it relates to the conversation uh, today is understanding that in 2021 um, the digital platform is critical to transform to tra translating all these pieces I just spoke about um, into solutions that can be effective to actually move the needle when it comes to health equity when it comes to improving proving and optimizing the health and health outcomes of people of color all over the world. Um, and how does one do that effectively? How does that one do that creatively? How does one do that uh, sustainably becomes part of the question. I love that you mentioned all these things because they're all integrative. You know, they're all connecting the dots to a bigger picture because when you start thinking about content quality and delivery, 
it all points back to what you do outside the social media platform. Mm-hmm. I can see that with what you've said, it's very valid that your content is being received mm-hmm. and people are actually engaging with it because there's a need for that information rather than mm-hmm. showing up and posting because you have something to say. So mm-hmm. is there a way you can point us into that direction on how they engage with your content so that you can drive the right message to the right person? Correct. So I would tell you right now, um, and that's why I was so grateful to connect with you, my brother, <laughs> because mm-hmm. you are de- you are certainly an expert in this place. And I respect expertise. You know, I have expertise in all the things I just talked about, whether it's, you know, again, medicine, healthcare, community organizing, activism, scholarship and research in, in this space of uh, health equity, justice and liberation. Um, however, I would tell you right now that I am still a learner when it comes to, um, you know, digital expertise and being tech- technologically savvy for how do you translate all this onto the social media platforms and various digital platforms in order to improve and increase um, the effectiveness and, and efficiency of the work and to move the needle in the direction that we need to move the needle in order to uh, get the outcomes that we're looking for. So I would tell you that I am a learner. I'm a beginner in this conversation, but I would say what I do right now is that I try to leverage my primary platform being Twitter, and I started off of there, and just really posting thoughts, um, posting uh, my my sort of philosophy, my principles, my, you know, and, and sharing the work that I'm doing on the Twitter uh, platform. And um, I also started to connect with others who are like-minded and doing similar work throughout the country. And it really helped with uh, being on, when we got, went into shutdown last year, you know, with the pandemic. And then as George Floyd, after George Floyd and the BLM movement came to, to, to a head and everybody was at home. And so they were uh, woke enough to, <laughs> to notice what's been, what's going on. And the digital, digital platform was so critical in, in making that happen happen and really bring into people's awareness to their consciousness what has always been happening but now folks were at home and you know and arrested enough to actually observe that and so you know everybody woke up and got to marching and got to protesting and and folks started paying attention and that was the digital digital media that made that you know to happen and so for those of us that even though I am on the front lines as a as a physician I'm on the COVID front lines but um, I didn't need to be in the hospital or in the clinic as much as I usually am because you just go do what you need to do and, and go home because we weren't shut down except for essential services. So while at home, and at some point I had to be quarantined too. So that made me to really sit down and start to pay attention and to um, start to connect with other people who are like-minded, other physicians, other activists, other scholars who were, who were on, trying to study and understand all these forces of structural racism for how does this show up in healthcare? How does it you know, uh, uh, impact health disparities? All these other pieces. So connecting with them, building that community, sharing what I was working on, what I know, them doing the same thing. And before you know it, from that platform, we started to organize and create organizations such as um, Coalition to Advance um, anti-racism in medicine, the Black Healer Network. We started to meet offline, created Zoom um, meetings, to connect in real life, actually see each other's face and start to talk about how can we collaborate and you know build something solid off of what we started um, on Twitter. So that's that that's one way that we started that the engage digital engagement worked out for me. And then through that, um, Clubhouse you know, showed up in the midst of that. And that was another opportunity to meet people of like mind and to learn. I learned so much, you know, off of Clubhouse and meeting folks with great expertise and beginning to understand that my my toolkit was limited. I needed to expand. And so as I was following people like you and and so many others and listening on to the um, conversations, I was beginning to understand that, okay, I would need to expand beyond Twitter. I need to look at Instagram closer. I learned about Pinterest from you. Um, I, folks started teaching me about LinkedIn um, and, of, and Facebook and how to sort of translate that beyond, because I was using, I had a LinkedIn account. I barely opened that bad boy. I had an IG account. It was just like pictures. Here's here's my garden. Here's my kids doing something silly. Same with Facebook. But 
I started to learn that, no, 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 these are tools that can be leveraged to move the needle in so many ways, not only to make money off of products, but, you know, every, we're all in sales. We're either selling a product or, you know, it's a service, or you're selling an idea, or you're selling, you know, um, you know you're selling power, frankly, you're setting opportunity to make a difference. So we're all in sales. And once that my mind got transformed, I was like, wow, I have been sleeping on these. These are tools to actually, for, for change, to actually leverage, to actually move, move the needle in terms of making a difference. It's not just for play play, so to speak, or it's not just for selling I like products and services and all. No, it's also to sell ideas that can fuel and drive social change so that life can be better for all of us. Um, and, and that's what really, really got me going. And so now I am slowly but surely transforming my accounts on Instagram. My handle is at I-N-N-O-D-I-M, um, which is the same on uh, Twitter, but on Instagram and on Facebook, uh, as well as to, to, to optimize Twitter uh, to be, to, to, to better, to create the engagement that will hopefully translate into being more effective in terms of social change in medicine and healthcare. I hope that makes sense. That makes total sense because now we're using our voice and we're using our words mm -hmm. know, to express ourselves. Like you mentioned with Twitter, I'm thinking of threads, you know, like Twitter threads, mm -hmm. Twitter hashtags on Clubhouse. You can actually start a Twitter trend through Clubhouse and have that mm -hmm. hashtag in your title and then lead people into that room which is going to build conversation. So now that you've talked about digital marketing and, you know, medicine, I feel like for me, what I've noticed is that in this industry, specifically to health industries, they do so well with content delivery, but they don't do so much with interactive. Mm. Okay. All right. Like I can, I can tell you what this medicine does but I've not been able to give you a quiz or something that can help me know better about you that can help me sideline all the things that I need to at least streamline to your business. Or Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. So I'm glad you mentioned like threads. So yes, I had to learn what are the features of these, you know, platforms that can be leveraged to us increasing, like you said, the interaction. So, you know, I, I definitely do Twitter threads. Um, what else do I do? You know, of course I, I started, you know, someone encouraged me like videos, videos, like even if it's just a little bit like videos, videos, the audio visual piece, is so important. So I started moving beyond just words or still pictures. I still do still pictures and still photos, but to show, um, to, to have little videos, they don't, they don't have to be glorious and all that. I'm really blessed that, you know, again, it's about voice and my brain. So I don't worry about makeup. I don't worry about filters. I don't worry about being cute. Uh, so that means I don't have to take that extra time to like be all cute. I could just put the work out there if I'm doing, you know, behind the scenes and showing, you know, what, how, you know, the sausage gets made, so to speak. So that's, that's another thing uh, that I started to do. Um, what else? Uh, like you said, clubhouse, right? So if I'm in a club, if I'm in a room, posting that on Twitter, posting that on Facebook and on IG across the platforms to say, hey, I'm, you know, in the room and drive people, you know, to the room to have these conversations. And to your point about interaction, I started using polls. I started doing polls on Twitter as well to get that feedback, like you said, to inform the work. Um, as, and I learned about polls on IG. It's so crazy. I just recently learned how to do, you know, polls on IG and Facebook. You know, I, I didn't even know where the tabs <laughs> lived and I, I was I was hearing polls polls I'm like what's polls um and so so I that but that's okay you you learn at your speed and that's fine you know it's a marathon not a sprint so um so so I just started learning to do that and I started doing that too but you're so right we definitely need to do better around um, being interactive and getting the feedback from, um, you know, our audience and using that to inform our our communication or our content, so to speak, is so true. Um, and I'm learning that as well. I'll be hosting um, an IG and Facebook FB Live 
question and answer for uh, our medical students uh, who are applying for residency this year. And um, they, they all, there's always tons of questions. And so usually what we'll do is like do a typical, like, you know, either a Zoom or a, an in-person, it depends because with the Delta variant, we're still very careful about in-person meetings. So it will probably have been a Zoom hosted by the school. And then if anybody wants to join, they can join. But now I'm learning, no, you know, do a live, you know, do it as a live, publicize it. And you can use that opportunity, you can save that video, use it for many different, um, you know, create clips and disseminate across, disseminate it across platform. It's also a great research tool because the, the questions help to inform future content. Um, and so that feedback, that interaction is exactly what you're talking about, which yes, we, we need to be better about that. Yeah, that's great that you also highlighted the fact that the more we can engage, the more we can solve. Because mm, I love that. The more we can engage, the more, yes. Oh yeah, that's powerful. Yes, I love that. Yeah, mm. because that way people are empowered now to speak and help others that are not on the platform because mm. they came across your feed or they came across something that was beneficial to them. You know, mm. most times we wonder why is this post doing better than this one? And you realize it's because this post is doing better just because it's an element of trust. Mm. You know, like I can tell you the best recipes, but are you ever going to follow what I say if you don't trust me? If you don't trust me. Oh, my God, that is so huge. And we see that now, especially with the pandemic and with the vac with vaccines. Right. Yeah. And how, oh, my gosh, I've been part of so many rooms on Clubhouse and beyond um, dealing with vaccine he hesitancy and vaccine skepticism and people who have all kinds of questions about it. And um, I realized very quickly that, you know, ultimately at the end of the day, people can have a thousand questions or one question or no question, but without trust, you know, it's very tough. And I can see that a lot of the questions that people have are rooted in the fact that there has been, unfortunately, a lack of trust with, uh, for, for some people with the healthcare system and the medical establishments, right? Over, like over time, over years, and now we're sort of reaping the results of that because many of us have not paid attention to investing in building that trust. And one tool, there are many ways to do that, but one of those ways is to build the engagement, like you said, like, you know, building the opportunities for regular, consistent engagement online because everybody's online now and offline and offline, but also online um, in order to, as a tool to build trust. And I think that the, the healthcare community is sort of behind on that and we can certainly do better. That's amazing that you said that, that if you're behind, then it means that there's an opportunity. Because mm -hmm. now I'm imagining if, you know, small business owners or people who are health practitioners take their personal brand seriously, and then you become that beacon of light that mm -hmm. helps somebody else to get a referral because they saw you first. So mm -hmm. I'm not even thinking about social media, like posting, because mm -hmm. For you, you're taking it in a different way. It's about advocacy. It's about mm -hmm. how can you take someone from this perception to this thought process, but because you were able to help them understand it, it wasn't forceful. So those, mm -hmm. those are things that I think you can be able to take advantage of now because corporately there are guidelines, there are principles, there are policies. But if you have it in a way that you can build a brand culture, I think you can do way more and attract more impact. And I think what, what you said is absolutely right. And I think that's where I am needing to grow. And I'm sure that there are people that are doing an excellent job of this. And that's where one of the things, if, if, as part of my growth process and my growth strategy is to connect with those folks, again, of like mind, who have been able to successfully build a brand culture to so that they can, um, again, we can be, trusted messengers for for impact for impact um and that impact being social change so that life is better for everybody particularly those who are most marginalized those most disenfranchised you know um none of us there's a saying you know none of us are free until all of us are free and so how do we leverage 
all tools, all tools uh, of which technology and uh, di digital media is one, one, uh, are one of those tools, but how do we leverage all tools towards that end? Um, and so I love the way that you phrase that. That is, that is so important, absolutely. Um, and, and I think that's part of my growth strategy is how to be how to be part of that culture, how to build that brand culture so that it can be leveraged towards uh, making that change. And let's also keep in mind, it's not just about, it is definitely about moving the needle with one person or a few people or even more. But it's also, and this is important, important to move the needle so that policies and laws, you know, can change and move so that the most people you know benefit and and that's so important it's 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 the one person it's the two people it's the community it's the you know the group of folks but it's also you know who in that group of folks because in 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 direct and indirect ways ways right so in a direct way whereby um people are influenced and their their behaviors shift their ways of thinking shift right but that person um might be a person who is of uh, of authority somewhere so they may be a congress person they may be a council person they may be a president they may be a mayor they may be a governor what have you so that now with a shifted mindset with the shifted uh behaviors or actions in place they can go and actually enact rules and laws and policies that are equitable that are just and that positively impact, you know, again, that community or the whole country, depending on who they are, and indirectly as well, meaning that even if the average citizen is impacted, well, the way that average citizen goes and votes, the ways in which that average citizen goes and holds their representative uh, accountable and responsible to ensure that that person is representing, you know, equitable and just policies. So indirectly, that's an impact as well. So your point is very well taken. And that's why um, that is that is the mindset that I have uh, started to adopt and adapt and seeking to to build upon because I recognize the like you said opportunity there to make a huge impact. Yeah, and even speaking about impact, when we when we dive into like activism, for example, I know when if you think about it, just activating the search or activating the talk of the town. Think about how well it actually transcends from a Twitter hashtag to a CNN brief. So how serious can this be taken so that people can actually see it on you know, from a clubhouse room to a Twitter thread to a CNN brief, you know, for example. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Absolutely. That's another, exactly when we talk about impact, that's another route. It's not just through the route of, you know, voting or the route of the work of a, you know, legislative person or a, an executive uh, branch uh, government person, you know, who executes uh, the law or, or what have you, right? Uh, or the ju judicial branch or whomever, you know, a, a police officer, a, a doctor, a physician, you know, a lawyer, whomever, depending, because we all have spheres of influence. So it's not just the ways in which individuals impact their spheres of influence as a result of being exposed to our, you know, our work and our brand, uh, you know, but it's also in the ways that you said, uh, media is huge. So even traditional media, right. And then the reach expands beyond, you know, one's own uh, platform. So uh, that is absolutely another measurement of impact, another route through which uh, we can leverage digital media to have impact. Yeah, I think so too. And it helps because now it makes us aware because mm -hmm. there's actually an activity going on and you're using social media to drive that information. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm thinking of, so now I'm thinking of, you know, so many uh, campaigns, you know, you think about uh, NSARS, you know, from Nigeria, when they were trying to end, you know, the um, basically police brutality and corruption, you yeah. think about, of course, B we, we talked about George Floyd and B BLM, um, bring back our girls and numerous, numerous, numerous other campaigns. So it translates even, you know, way beyond it, it, those major campaigns touched multiple pieces. So 
It was the advocacy piece, it was the activist piece, it was the piece with law and legislation, the piece with changing, you know, literally the ways, the processes and the ways that we engaged with, matter, you know, all aspects of society. Um, but it was also through media um, and it was also through, you know, um, again, engaging as many people to raise their awareness so that it impacts even education and curriculum. So that these are things that people are not being taught in schools, um, and which, which creates sort of long-term impact, right? Sustainable long-term impact. So um, absolutely, uh, it's, it's a very, very powerful uh, tool uh, to optimize uh, digital media uh, aptitude and competency so that uh, we can be better ambassadors for these ideas. Yeah, I think so too. And this has helped a lot of people to understand the value of com communication. Mm -hmm. Now we're communicating more effectively than ever. Mm -hmm. People are communicating through text, through audio, through video, through mm -hmm. graphics, and now through voice. Mm -hmm. And I think with the voice piece, it's really changed how people think. Because mm -hmm. after like I've spoken to you, I'm going to go to your back channel. I'm going to go to your DM, <laughs> and yeah. I'm going to echo what you said, which mm -hmm. leads into a communication flow, or it leads to an answer, question, debrief, something that's going to help you make a decision. Mm -hmm. So now in your field, how has that helped? Because I know you're so busy focusing on patients and people who actually are dealing with health, and it's literally a serious thing, very serious. Mm -hmm. So how do you activate that engagement and still stay relevant without you know being one-sided yeah that's the word instead of being one-sided to one particular um practice mm -hmm. give me an example help me help me understand by giving me um, an example i'm thinking for example like, let's say you have to be on duty for example the whole week but mm -hmm. at the same time there's this information that you're experiencing outside the platform that needs people to have more information based on what you're showing them externally so mm. you're so focused on delivering that answer mm. but at the same time people don't know the answer because on social media no one's talking about it mm. so how can you still have time to do that and still be able to show that impact so do you use voice like mm -hmm. what is the practice that people are already using as a standard so they can be able to maximize on their time and their efforts? I think that's a great um, um, question. Uh, I think video is really helpful. The lives are really great. So I'm thinking of an example. I did a feature for our, one of our local news outlets on um, COVID uh, and also air pollution. Um, and the impact of air pollution on health and health outcome and how air pollution intersects with, with COVID um, in terms of how, you know, when you live in, when you live in a place that has high um, air pollution, uh, you know, scores, as we do in many parts of, of, of the Detroit metropolitan area, um, that you are predisposed to developing chronic lung diseases such as asthma, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, but also other chronic illnesses like hypertension. Now, be again, the reasons why people, uh, you know, are in places where they are disparately impacted by, uh, you know, toxins such as air pollution um, are let uh, based in rooted in against structural racism and and housing segregation um, that limits the up that had limited the options of um, you know many people of color particularly black folk to live in certain parts of the country a certain neighborhoods and those neighborhoods not having the appropriate investment and regulation to ensure that uh, they were protected from all kinds of harm whether it's harm from you know police whether it's harm from poverty, um, uh, whether it's harm from, um, you know, from disease, illness, or harm for from toxins and pollutants. And so, so we know that to be true. We know that to be the case. And so um, talking about the intersection of air pollution, COVID-19, because again, if you have now, you have high rates of asthma, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, et cetera, hypertension. These are all risk factors for um, having severe COVID illness, if you were to contract, you know, COVID-19, and part of the 
and this feeds into the mechanisms of why you know black folks have disproportionate impact of the of of the of covid-19 in our communities so understanding how all these things are connected and relate and are related to each other and intersected um, is part of what I do. And so I was able to feature on a one of our local news, newspaper outlets on this subject. Um, now, at the same time, I was working in the hospital, like you said, you know, I was, I was, you know, needing to be again on the front lines of COVID um, while engaging in this and needing to raise awareness about that. And so what I learned from others who do this so excellently um, was, well, you know, talk to people on the go, you know, talk to people on the go using video, which is audiovisual. And so that's what I did. And so uh, while I was heading to talk to, you know, for a photo shoot for the for the feature, I went on live on IG and um, and Twitter and talked about what I was doing and gave, you know, behind the scenes and uh, talk and then, you know, use that opportunity to talk about the issue. Uh, so that's that's one way that I have done it. So I think that audiovisual and also voice so and, and, and audio or voice alone, these are very easy, you know, accessible ways to just quickly get that thought out there while you're sort of in between tasks. So as I was heading from one spot to the other, go on live, talk about it while I headed over there. You know, um, when I was done with the photo shoot, heading back to the office, I went on live again. So I think those are ways. And then why I love Twitter, and I, that's my most successful platform really, is just, you know, that 280 characters or less, you know, and it's like, you could just put your thought out there concisely and send it, you know, into the, into the world and, uh, you know, you build an engagement, um, you know, that way. And so I can quickly just write a very quick thought about that, what's happening, the issue, you know, air pollution is a risk factor for severe COVID-19 um, disease, uh, and we need to be uh, more passionate or more, um, you know, aggressive really on ensuring that we have equitable and just air, um, you know, air pollution policies. So it's something like that and just put that out there and, and be done with it. And then also saying it like on video and sending that out into the Twitterverse, into the, you know, the, um, you know, into the, the IGverse, so to speak as well. Um, and then, you know, speaking of voice, we definitely talk about about Clubhouse, but now Twitter Spaces is getting um, a lot of uh, attention. And Twitter Spaces is like the Twitter subversion of Clubhouse. And so uh, I, I recently did, I was on a panel with USA Today on Twitter Space. And then I, the other day I saw NPR did something on Twitter Space too. So it's now becoming, you know, I think the Twitter um, gods are <laughs> and goddesses are doing a better job of, um, of uh, marketing it so that these larger, um, you know, media outlets are, are leveraging that platform to, I think, to generate awareness and consciousness for their content as well. So that those are a few examples, a few ways that I can think of where you can manage it. And I will tell you this, I am not the best example of how to manage all of these things. I'm still learning myself, but I think, like I said, um, I'm not a, I'm not a, a model. I'm not, you know, my brand, so to speak, is not in looks and things of that nature. So I don't have to take time and make sure that I'm all dolled up and I have done my makeup and my this and my that and have that filter and this. I don't have to do any of that. So it's easier. It's more accessible to just get on live or get on a video or, you know, take a photo or something and share that. Um, rather than for me to wait until I'm all dolled up so that I can talk to the people. <laughs> and so I think that helps. Not, hey, shout out to all the models and the beautiful people out there that are, you know, this is a whole thing. Look, I cannot do what they do. God bless them. I'm just saying that for me, that is one blockade that that's, you know, that's a chunk of time that I don't have to worry about because I'm so busy doing all these other things in addition to being a mama and, 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 uh, you know, and a wife, uh, that I don't have to worry about that because I just, I ain't got the time. <laughs> <laughs> it's true because we have to deal with life itself. You know, we think mm -hmm. social media is all we have and yet there's a real life going on right behind those fingers. So it's it's something that people think, and I think once you process it through, it's better. 
because like you mentioned with video, all I was thinking as you were mentioning video was, imagine if you have like you and your other experts as well, go on, a, let's say a clubhouse or an Instagram live, yeah. the four of you and start mm -hmm. talking about these topics. Somebody mm -hmm. can pick that content and run that into a blog and then run that back into your website or back into your practice. And that's mm -hmm. going to build relationships because you are what you feed. You know, how you feed yourself is how you end up becoming. So mm -hmm. I think that nourishment that comes from hearing conversations from other people helps them understand that, oh, I'm not just talking to myself because mm -hmm. people, people mm -hmm. listen to conversations, yeah. No, 100%. Like, that's that was so important for me when I started getting more active on digital media, particularly Twitter, was exactly that. Oh, I'm, I'm not by myself. Just that is huge right there. And I really think that that ultimately, at the end of the day, no matter how much we are leveraging social media to do a thousand different things, I think connection is always front and center for the primary purpose of social media, the social aspect of social media. Okay, pardon me, is is so key. Um, and so yes, it's that sense of oh, I'm not alone. I'm not the only one who feels this is not right. Who feels that we should be doing this other thing? Who feels like this and the other? Right? I'm not the only one. And of course, that works for good and for bad because you have people with terrible ideas that find other people with terrible ideas, and then it's a whole mess. And we're seeing a lot of that with like COVID this um, vaccine this this information. But there's so many examples of that across the board. However, I think that majority of the time, people do have wonderful ideas and being able to meet and collaborate with others of like mind um, is so important. You also said something that's really, really key, which I'm also learning and I'm working on, which is again, repurposing of content, right? And so, yes, you, you have a conversation on Clubhouse, you have a conversation on live, and then you, you that becomes translated into a blog, which can also be translated into a thread. <clears throat> which can be translated into a variety of different uh, components. I think that is so important. And that also expands, you know, one's reach. And like I learned from you at the last um, you know, class where we met, you know, uh, you can put that into a Pinterest also format as well. Uh, so there are many ways to repurpose a lot of this content. And then the other thing I wanted to say, just in reflection of your previous question, you know, like we said about time and the fact that we have life and you know there's only so much that you can do I think it's so important and I'm still working through this is you know you figure out what you can do and you do that and you don't kill yourself you know at the end of the day you know we are doing the work and we have to remember that regardless of social media your most powerful sphere of influence is where you're at right now like in life in real life like you right now in your family in your job in your school in your class in your church in your mosque in your synagogue temple in the grocery store like wherever you are in the world right now like is your most powerful way like sphere of influence like we all do even with siblings even if it's your friends your cousins even if it's your classmates even if it's your colleagues your work whatever it is that is your most powerful sphere of influence so i i just want to lift that up like at the end of the day focusing on that and then figuring out okay how do i connect that to like my digital strategy but to not ever neglect the real life human connections that you have to grow those and build those and also that social media really should be at at a, a tool towards strengthening those connections at the end of the day it really does come down to that at the end of the day uh is is so key and i i it's important that we don't lose sight of that in the middle of all that we're talking about, which is very important, but we cannot lose sight that ultimately, this is just a means to strengthen those human interpersonal connections. Um, and that is what carries the most um, power. So um, making time for those, 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 maintaining those connections are very key. And then at the end of it, you have your digital social media expertise and all of that, because no matter how powerful and influential and successful you are, on the digital these digital spaces if when you're there and you look to your left and your right and you don't have people with you then you know one has to think about how successful are you really exactly and i believe success is determined by a lot of people i may be wrong but success to me 
is defined by how well I was able to help someone move from point A to B. Mm, uh-huh. Because the success shows in them. It's not, it's not just me. I'm supposed to be there as a helper to help someone go somewhere from point A to B. But I'm not mm. helping you to stay. I'm helping you to grow. So mm. I love the fact that you mentioned that because that's a thing a lot of people don't see success. And they think success is a million dollars. But mm. they really don't know that if 1% of that amount goes to a charity or goes to someone that can help, you know, move something forward or 10% of that, you know, you pay your type, like doing things that are very practical, but at the mm-hmm. same time, focusing on, okay, if I pay this today, is it going to help me tomorrow? And that mm-hmm. is now defined when you see the results of that practice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I really love that. And what you reminded me of is, um, also just remembering, and that's why one of the successful strategies to grow in, right, to growth period, is how you help other people grow as well. And what I mean by that is, you know, one of the ways that I started growing my followership, again, I'm not, I'm not like 10 care, like, no, but just even just growing because sometimes it's not that absolute number is how fast you're increasing that number or um that you are increasing that number at all because there are people that are stagnant and but the fact that you're even adding a little at a time is that's that's awesome um you may not be 10k or 100k a million but your little like you know 100 your little 500 your your and it's not even little if that's a lot already right your your thousand whatever how are you taking care of them i learned this from another person who i thought was really brilliant how are you nurturing how are you lifting up them up how are you elevating them are you going on their pages and liking their stuff and um making comments and retweets like in our in twitter you know retweeting it are you uh you know how are you amplifying other people's work you know, so so that and and that actually does work as a wonderful strategy. It's like not just thinking of ourselves, but really thinking, focusing on the social of social media, the community building aspect. How are we lifting up other people's work? And as we do that, other people lift your work up and 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 take it to the to the levels that you can't alone. And it's so important that we we have that mindset. I think oftentimes, as I listen to some of these conversations, um, and I watch, I observe how people again engage on this platform or trying to hustle on this platform, that they forget that. But that is truly one of the best ways, organic ways to grow and organic ways to build and nurture community and that engagement. I love what you said. I, I'm, that's one of my key takeaways from this conversation. You know, um, you, how did you say it? You engage so that you can solve, right? Like, yeah, you, the more you engage, the more you solve. The more you engage, the more you solve. I love that. And, and, and that engagement is not just like your audience necessarily or like speaking to the audience, but as you know your audience, how can you help amplify your audience and their voice and whatever the heck they're doing, even if it may or may not be related to what you're doing? Um, so yes, that's I think that's a beautiful principle. Yeah, thank you so much for highlighting that and bringing that back for people to listen because as they're listening, they're also taking notes and they're they're putting themselves in the picture like am i doing this am i the one that decided to do this and then that starts to grow over time and the last question i wanted to ask because you touched on this somewhere in the beginning about Mm -hmm. the vaccine on clubhouse there are a lot of rooms that are going on Mm -hmm. and we're talking about information solving problems Mm -hmm. so because you're in the front line how important is this vaccine for people to understand not in a way that's going to make them make a decision, but for them to be educated. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It is very important. It is very important. Look, you know, 99% of the people who are dying in the hospital right now from COVID-19, from severe COVID-19 disease are unvaccinated. I mean, period. Okay. 99 over because 99 point, you know, um, who are dying in the hospital right now from severe COVID-19 disease are unvaccinated, period. The danger from COVID-19 outweighs any concern related to the vaccines. These vaccines are safe and effective. 
it has been proven time and time and time and time again. The, it, it, the, it, the science is clear, period. Okay, so it is so important to be educated. I needed to get educated myself. I did not take the vaccine immediately it came out because I needed to learn and understand the science myself and I'm a scientist. <laughs> so if I needed to do that, I can only imagine lay people, you know, like non-scientists, non, um, you know, folks that are non-medical, but there were even people who were not scientists and non-medical who got it early. Like they were like, yo, I, they, they, they were sharp. They were sharper than me. <laughs> and I give them their flowers for that. But I needed to learn about it. I needed to talk to trusted messengers. I had asked my questions and they were answered. I have, you know, family members who are physicians who were able to explain things to me to help me understand. And as I did that, I was much more and more, you know, encouraged, you know, that this is the right thing. It is safe and it is effective and it's the right thing. And so now everyone in my family is vaccinated except for my children under 12 because it's not eligible. We are hoping and praying that it comes eligible soon so that, um, it, you know, it's approved for the age group soon because my kids are seven, five and three so that they can get vaccinated and be protected. Um, COVID-19 is real. It is no joke. It is not the way to, to die. It's not the way to suffer. Um, it's, it's, and we, right now it's mostly young people, otherwise healthy people that are succumbing to this disease. So I think, uh, folks, it's unfortunate. There's a very powerful disinformation machine. And we talk about digital media and social media. Social media has been the platform that allowed such, allowed such a powerful disinformation, misinformation machine to succeed, to run rampant. Um, and provide false information to people. So I'm so very grateful for the doctors and healthcare workers and frontliners and scientists and public health folks and community advocates who are out here on these timelines, on these social media streets and the real streets, providing the information and the education. I'm really grateful to them uh, for doing that. True experts that are advocating for what is right for all of us. We, 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 we have to get out of this pandemic. And the, the way we are getting out of it is that we need to vaccinate to very high levels, to vaccinate them, all those who can be vaccinated. And, um, and of course, follow the, the, the public health precautions. At this time, we still need to continue to mask. You may need to physical distance when it's possible, right? And just be, operate in, in, in where, where things are so essential services, you know, essential work, essential activities, participate in those until things are, 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 are more in control. Uh, and that's all. And it's, it's just it's a question of how much we love ourselves because we value our lives and we value who we are and then how much we love each other because we value the other person. Because it's not just about me. And if I don't get if I don't get sick, I'm fine. I'm healthy. I'm this. And then, like I said, we're seeing young, healthy people succumb to this illness or or even if they survive, experience and suffer from long haul symptoms that causes them to be dis disabled and they can't even get back to life as usual. Right. But it's if I transmit it to somebody else and they suffer, they die, they succumb to it, they have a severe outcome because they are, you know, that immunocompromised or what have you, or a child. So if these are the realities. We live in a society. We have to think as, as a community. We have to understand that, you know, there's a collective uh, responsibility. And, we, and yes, we are not, it's not a perfect society. And there's a lot. We can do a lot better as a society and as a community and as government to take care of everybody. I, yes, that's very true. And we must continue to fight that fight. And at the same time, make individual decisions that not only impact ourselves positively, but everybody else around us. So that's what I would say. And please reach out, listen to ex experts, not just, you know, not everyone out here in the streets talking about COVID knows what they're talking about. I've heard almost all of them and it is, it is a hot mess. They don't know. They don't know. So you want to listen to folks that know, experts, have them to give you their, their specific credentials. <laughs> you know, not everybody out here, even with a degree, is scientifically literate. It takes special trained skills to be able to critically appraise scientific literature. Not everybody can do that. 
Okay, so uh, just because they throw studies around or they quote things doesn't mean they understand anything of what they're reading. I promise you, I've listened, I've heard them all, and it's it's just it's out it's out of control. But that's okay. Um, you you just need to make sure that you are reaching out to trained experts, and there we're out here. You can reach on on reach us on digital media as we're talking about. But more importantly. Um, try to talk to your own doctors. If you don't have a doctor, I ask that you get one. And if you're not able to get one because of insurance and other sort of financial barriers, there are free clinics. Um, call your call or contact your local health departments. Your local health departments are very wonderful, reliable sources of information. So it's they, it, there's information, credible information is out here. It's just you just taking a little bit of effort to expose yourself to it and being very, very intentional that you're getting correct, high quality information, um, you know, that will help you, your family and your community. Wow. That was a mic drop right there. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Wow. Thank you so much, Dr. Ajama, for being here and just giving us all the information we need so that we can make the right decision and know what we need to do for the future. So this has been great, great, great. I know a lot of people are happy and listening to this. They're going to rewind this. And if mm -hmm. the way they can reach out to you, what are the best options they have possible? Oh, yes. Thank you so much. And thank you. This was so amazing conversation. Um, uh, I it was and you're a wonderful interviewer. I'm so proud of all the work that you're doing. Uh, so thank you so much. So to reach me, you can reach me on Twitter or Instagram. My handle is at I N N as in Nancy Nancy O as in Orange D as in David I M as in Mary. So that's I N N O D I M. So that's what I would say. You can reach me there. And then if we need to kind of, you know, talk offline, we can exchange email and phone numbers and the rest of it, you know, from there. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Thank you so much. You guys tap in. She has all the resources available and you don't want to miss out on any of those clubhouse streams that she has where she speaks. And you're going to learn something new, just like you've learned something today within this hour. So Thank you so much once again, and I'll definitely be able to bring you back here for sure in the Weedon Play Station. Thank you, Favor. This was so amazing. Thank you to all the audience members. I look forward to hearing from you. I'm looking forward to learning from you. I told you I'm still learning. So I'm, I'm just excited for um, new tips and tricks, yes. <laughs> strategies, <laughs> and learn what y'all are doing and how we can work together. And that's the other thing too. I'm also open for collaboration. And I'll tell you this, that we can end on this. You know, I'm all about um, innovative and creative collaborations. I think that there's so much opportunity uh, out here um, to collaborate in just non-traditional ways. So I am very, very open to it. And I, I hope that folks can, you know, my creative, uh, amazing folks can reach out so that we can think about, you know, again, how do we organize uh, using digital platforms in non-traditional, highly creative, highly innovative ways and truly, truly have huge impact in the world today. Thank yeah. you, Faber. You're most welcome. Thank you so much for joining the We Don't Play station. And we don't play. We don't play all day. <laughs> all day. <laughs> Bye. For Amen. Now. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you.